This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Whitney Maslach was encouraged from an early age to share her musical gifts with her community. And while going professional with her music wasn't seen as a practical path, Whitney never stopped singing. Through an inspired moment in prayer, she received assurance from the Lord to pursue music. And from there, while caring for her family as a stay-at-home mom, she went on to release an album, working on it in her home and sharing it with the world. In this episode, Whitney and I talk about her love for music, how Gregorian chant helped her through some challenging times, and the balance of motherhood while pursuing her music dreams. Hi, Whitney. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Oh, it's my pleasure. I am super excited and I was so grateful to receive your message and just to be connected with you in this way. I'm noting the beautiful instruments that you have in the background where you are. I know that this is a podcast so folks can't see it, but just as a musician myself, it just brings me a lot of joy to see you in the presence of so much musical goodness. So it's great to finally meet you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today and it'll be fun to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. So maybe for those who are listening and who haven't had the chance to meet you yet, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are. I'm Whitney Maslack, and I live in Cody, Wyoming, which is right outside of Yellowstone National Park. I'm an organist and a cantor at my parish. I also play piano and guitar. And so I've been an organist for about 11 years, and I've been a cantor for a very long time, like since I was like a young teenager. So that was a long time ago. Um, (laughs) And anyways, I have been doing that for a while, but just recently I have embarked on my career as a recording artist. So I just finished releasing my very first album, which is called Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. And so that Mm -hmm. has been a really exciting thing for me really awesome to kind of see that dream come to fruition. And Mm -hmm. I'm also a wife and a mother. So I have two boys and I homeschool them. And so there's never a dull moment around here. I have a very full life, but I'm very grateful for everything in my life. That is incredible. And I know that just before we got recording, we were kind of talking about the Rocky Mountains and Yellowstone and just my affinity for all of those things. So I just feel very well connected to you, even though we we literally just met. But I'm just so excited to dive into all of those things. You know, you mentioned that you know, you've been cantering. And I think for many listeners, they'll know that a cantor is the person, so male or female, who will really be guiding, like, that's really that role to guide the congregation into song, but ultimately worship. And I would love to hear a little bit more of your own faith journey. And maybe from there, how it is that you got into serving your church community or serving the community at large in that way. Sure. So I was uh, raised Catholic and very grateful to be able to, you know, be raised at this faith and everything. Mm-hmm. I was homeschooled myself. And so our faith was always just a big part of our everyday lives and, you know, very intertwined in our studies and everything. So that was really an awesome experience growing up to just really have your faith be 
every aspect of your life. I think I was about 14 or 15 when I started cantering. Mm -hmm. I started in the church choir and actually I I probably shouldn't say this, but I will anyways. The reason why I started, so I had, you know, I had been playing the piano and singing Mm -hmm. for a while. And so I I really enjoyed music, but I really, I didn't like the music at my church. I just, it it just wasn't very good. (laughs) And I would, I remember I would complain about it. And then one day I thought, you know what, I really should join the choir or something. Like instead of just complaining, I should, yeah, I have this ability. I have this love for music. So I really should try to be involved. And so that was a really great experience for me, especially as a young teen, to actually see all the work that goes into it. You know, there's a, just for a ton sure. of work that church musicians put into doing the music for mass. And so that was a really great experience. And, you know, I met some really nice people, got to know different people in my parish better. And then I started cantering. I think I was in the choir for about a year. And then I started cantering mm-hmm. after that, which I loved. I, I've always loved just being in front of people. I, I I'm kind of a performer. Mm-hmm. And so I know you're not supposed to perform at mass. So that wasn't like my purpose, but it didn't freak me out or anything. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. get up and sing this psalm. Sure, no problem, you know? And so I just really had a love for that. And that just really, you know, I felt like I found my calling a little bit in doing the cantering. I didn't study music in college, I actually studied theater and German. Wow. I was working at a theater in Colorado after I graduated. And I worked there for two seasons making costumes. So that was really fun, but decided to move back here. And I started learning the organ after that because Mm. I just wanted to get involved in my home parish again. And I was kind of, it was one of those things where I, I knew there was a great need for people to get more involved in the church. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, what do you want me to do, Lord? Like, what, mm-hmm. what's the thing you need me to do? And so I ended up emailing our priest and was like, hey, I'm moving back. Do you need me to do anything? And I'm planning on cantering again. And I play the piano. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could learn to play the organ. I don't know. And he was like, oh, that's great. Because they didn't have anyone. They were kind of in between organists then. So I didn't know really what I was getting into because I thought, oh, I play the piano. No big deal. I'll learn to play the organ. It's a completely different instrument. Like it was so I funny. I can attest because, to that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait, what was I thinking? Because I um, I was really blessed to have a really wonderful teacher yeah. at a neighboring church and they had a beautiful pipe organ and everything. So I got set up with him. And I remember the first time I sat down at the organ, I was like, what am I doing here? (laughs) This this is crazy. (laughs) So that was kind of a humbling experience, really. But you know, little by little, I've gotten better at it. And really, I've just grown to love it so much. And uh, like I said, it's been about 11 years, but I just, I feel like I could just spend a lifetime learning this instrument. Mm -hmm. And never completely learn everything, but it's, it's great. It's a wonderful thing to be doing. Mm. As soon as you said they're completely different instruments, I just have a memory of being asked to play the organ at mass just because I, it was my high school band teacher who said, oh, you know how to play the piano, therefore... I think I found out afterwards that he was joking because he plays the organ, so he knows. And for any listeners who may not be familiar, the organ, well, some of the organs that you see at a parish, they have like a double piano, plus all the foot pedals and what looks like a piano at your feet. 
And then, of course, a pipe organ. It's, it's totally yeah. different, but so rich and so beautiful. So there are some transferable skills, but it's an entirely different thing. But good for you, you know, for, you know, what I'm taking from that <laughs> yeah. is just that real desire to serve. And not only that, but to serve out of the gifts that you realize and you recognize that God has given to you. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's important to, you know, just say, all right, Lord, if you want me to do this, please help me to not make a complete fool of myself. (laughs) But you just kind of have to trust that God's going to lead you in the right way, even if it seems impossible sometimes. Yeah. Now, at what point did you realize that you had a voice to sing and ultimately, yeah, to canter? Because I recognize that you know, I would include myself in this category where carpool karaoke or the shower is probably the extent of where I will sing in public, which is not very public at all. But in any case, like, I think I have a voice, but, you know, it's clear and I've listened to some of your music, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but you have a beautiful voice. So I guess like, at what point did you realize that you, yeah, this was something that you had and you wanted to share? Well, I think I was about 10 when it was just kind of random it was the beginning of the summer and there was like a summer choir that someone was putting on and my mom said oh you think you'd want to try this and i had never done anything like that before i played the you know i'd been taking piano lessons so i knew a little bit about music but i'd never really sang before and i thought well i i don't know i guess i could try and it was great because the woman who was directing the choir was so good and just like really Mm -hmm. really taught a lot about beginning singing technique, which was so valuable because it gave me a great foundation. You know, I ended up loving it. It was so much fun. It's just great to be singing in a choir and be surrounded by all those different voices. So, you know, Mm -hmm. from there, I sang in a couple of different choirs. And like I said before, I ended up singing in the church choir. And then when I was 14, I ended up taking voice lessons. I found Mm -hmm. a great teacher. And again, it was my mom who encouraged me and said, you know, you might consider taking private lessons Mm -hmm. to to improve on that and okay thanks mom so (laughs) I ended up I honestly didn't think I was good enough to really do anything like that but I'm like well okay I could try it Mm -hmm. and that really made a huge difference for me just those individual one-on-one lessons learning a lot Mm -hmm. like that but yeah it was just kind of one of those things that I didn't really realize that that was such a such a love that I would have, you know, it is so wonderful to be able to sing and it just feels so good. And even like you were saying, just like singing in the car or something, even that is just so much fun. (laughs) You know, it just feels so good. It's such a joyful way of expressing yourself, I guess. So Mm. anyways, that's how I got started and just kind of went from there and just kept at it. So I'm thankful for my mom, you know, encouraging me in those things. Totally. So shout out to to Whitney's mom there. I mean, like that level of encouragement, certainly, I mean, like you said, it helped you to embrace a new skill or a gift that probably was always inside of you. But, you know, as you mentioned, you just released your album there, you're now a recording artist. So at some point, you probably had to make the jump from doing it on a maybe personal basis or within the community, maybe a couple performances here and there. But what prompted you to go professional or at least like pursue doing such a big project like putting together, recording and then releasing an album? Yeah, well, you know, like you said, 
Before that, I was just kind of doing things here and there. I had been playing the organ and I was a cantor. And I live in a pretty small town, so there aren't a ton of opportunities. It's not like there's an opera company or something I could go sing with. There's just <laughs> not that, you know, there's like the community choir and, and different groups like that, but not a lot of like professional opportunities. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to figure out, this was oh, about four years ago, I was just trying to figure out what to do because I had such a desire to pursue music, but it just seemed so impractical. I mean, mm -hmm. just anything in the arts, it's always kind of frowned upon because it's hard to make a living right. doing that. It's just, you know, and there's always like the kind of cliche starving artist type thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I had actually been working as a German translator. That was uh, mm -hmm. one of the degrees I got in college. So I was working from home doing that. It was when my oldest son was about one or two hmm. and it was just getting really hard because it was like just the way the translation industry is it's really there's a ton of like rush deadlines yeah. and it was really really stressful and then if you're caring for your little boy and you know you might be up all night the night before i was like this is not working very well right. and so i was trying to figure out what to do it ended up being way more stressed than i thought it would be mm. And so one day I was just full laundry and sometimes that can be like my most fruitful prayer time mm -hmm. in a weird way. And I'm just folding laundry and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because this translating thing isn't working. You know, if I'm supposed to be doing that, please help me to figure out some way that it'll work better with being a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm but I really want to do music. So do you want me to do music? Do you want me to do, what do you want me to do, Lord? And so that's how usually most of my prayers go. Like, what do you want me to do? Sure. And so it was so funny though, because I just kind of like threw up this prayer. And then I heard this voice, you know, not with my ears, but like in my heart that just said, focus on music. I'll take care of you. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what just happened, you know? <laughs> and so I was just kind of like shocked for a while after that, because I thought, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, you know, and I'm always telling God, like, can you can you be more specific here? <laughs> can you help me out a little bit? Yeah. You know. Shortly after that, I got pregnant with my second son. And so I was, you know, a little bit busy there taking care of my kids. But I always just kind of had this in the back of my mind. The following year, I, it's just kind of funny how it ended up coming about. I ended up struggling really bad with postpartum anxiety after I had mm -hmm. my second son. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could find that would help me was learning how to sing Gregorian chant. Wow. And I downloaded this app called Square Note. Huh. And if anyone out there wants to learn how to sing chant, go download Square Note. It was like three or $4. It was great. Okay. But I had been interested in chant, but I just didn't know very much about it. And so I thought, oh, well, this is cool. I can learn because like chant notation is different than modern music notation. Right. And so I was like, I want to learn how, you know, how that works. And I, I can still remember just that tight feeling in my chest of mm. anxiety, you know, and I, I downloaded it. And one evening after I got my kids to bed, I'm like, I'm going to sit down, mm -hmm. take a look at this. And I just felt so much calm just from, cause it like follows the notes yeah. in the chant, you know, and we'll play it for you so you can see what it's supposed to sound like. And I remember going, whoa, this is exactly what I need. And so I just really started to dive into it. And I thought there's something to this. Like, it's not the same as 
as other music, you know? And so that was just a really healing experience for me to learn more about chant. And from there, I started my YouTube channel and I just kind of started with my little microphone in my basement recording some chant and, you know, just doing some things like that, which I, I ended up really enjoying. I hadn't really done recording before. Right. And so that was kind of a fun little new little thing for me to work on. But I still wasn't sure what God was really wanting me to do, because I was like, you know, I need some way to help support my family. I, mm -hmm. you know, recording little things on YouTube is fun, but <laughs> I need to be doing something else. And so it was the following year. Sometimes these things take time. I just stumbled across this YouTube video mm -hmm. of it was another recording artist who it was just meant to be. She's a stay at home mom and she doesn't tour or anything. She just does all of her music online. Wow. It's just totally based online. And she's like, I can't tour. I have kids. You know, I, I'm not going to do like late night concerts or anything. And I thought this is, this is the light bulb went on in my head, you know, <laughs> because I thought I don't want to be doing things that's going to take time away from my family. And mm -hmm. I, my kids are so little, they need me. And I just didn't feel like that was right. Mm -hmm. And so I just, from there, I started discovering all these other artists who are doing this because I guess it's really expensive to go on tour and a lot of sure. bands will lose money from going on tour. They don't really make that much money. So it's yeah. not even like a great thing to be doing. So, um, I just started thinking, wow, if I have been recording these things on YouTube, maybe I could record a whole album. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm -hmm. And so that was two years ago and I finally got it done this wow. fall. So only by the grace of God, though, let me tell you, it was a lot of work, <laughs> but it was just wonderful how it worked out because I ended up getting connected with my producer who is also Catholic mm -hmm. and he actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I really like helping Catholic artists. If, if you want to work together, great. If you need any help. And so that was a huge help and something I really needed. So it's just interesting, the different things I've, I've seen, the way God has worked in my life to bring me on this journey. And I have no idea where he'll bring me next, mm -hmm. but <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so taken by that prayer too. And and I have to say like, you know, of, of the many moms that I've been able to chat with on the show many times, and, and you said it yourself, folding laundry is such a powerful moment where I guess, you know, you are a captive audience in many ways for God to just really pierce your heart. And just how he says that he would take care of everything. Truly, like it sounds like he has like up until this point, and I'm sure as you go on this journey, but to put all of these things in your path to help you achieve this incredible opportunity and gift. And maybe really quickly, just as a, as a quick sidebar too, for those who aren't familiar with Gregorian chant, I was wondering if you could briefly explain it. And I'm also curious to hear about what it was that really soothed you, because I think maybe for those who know what Gregorian chant is, they may be able to kind of piece together, oh yeah, like it's very, well, I guess I'll let you explain it. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear how that really played out for you. Sure. Well... Let me back up just a little bit, just kind of a funny side note. Sure. I was interested in Gregorian chant back when I was a teenager. And somebody told me, I don't know if they were just mistaken uh -huh. or they were just being rude or something. They told me that only monks are allowed to sing Gregorian chant. Okay. And I thought, 
well, that's disappointing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, man. shoot. And so I just kind of forgot about it for years. And then I kind of went back and I thought, well, no, I, I've heard other people sing it. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard it sung at mass. I've heard it in different situations. And so I thought that that wasn't right. So anyways, um, <laughs> I think, you know, part of it for me was it, it's very calming to listen to, but for me, actually learning how to sing it and and really having a focus on the different notes mm -hmm. was really just helpful for me when I was anxious because it took me out of myself and helped me to focus on something else. Mm. So it was kind of interesting to learn something completely new for me, really, even though I'm a musician, the notation's totally different. And there's a little bit of a learning curve. It's it's actually not that hard. It, it looks intimidating, but it's not too hard to learn. But uh, I don't want to discourage anybody out there from learning how to sing it because it's great. And then also the Latin. I didn't know a ton of Latin, you know, kind of knew how to pronounce it. And so it's been really interesting to do that. And I just, it always just strikes me as I'm learning some chant to just think this was written, you know, probably a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it survived all this time. And I just love thinking back to whatever anonymous monk was mm -hmm. by candlelight, probably writing out this chant. <laughs> it's amazing to think about that it's survived centuries and centuries mm -hmm. to where we are today. And then I'm sitting on my iPhone learning how to sing it. It just blows my mind. <laughs> but I do think there's something very transcendent about it, just because it is so different than modern music. And it doesn't follow a meter or like mm -hmm. a, you know, a solid tempo, like pretty much all music now does. Mm -hmm. And so I did read somewhere that chant, the reason that it's like that is it's, it's supposed to be outside of time, just like God oh, is. Wow. And it's just it's supposed to have a very flowing melody. Mm. And actually, I also read that it's, and I'm not like a chant expert or anything, but um, I uh, also read that it's rooted in the ancient chants that were sung in the Jewish temples. Mm. And so I guess the, the type of chant that they sung in the Old Testament was very similar mm. to the way Gregorian chant is. And so um, I just thought that was so interesting that it has such, an, such ancient roots and it survived for so long and can just touch our hearts in such a way mm. that other types of music can't. And um, I just thought that was a very interesting thing that it helped me so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, like you said, there's that whole passage of time where there was the, the first anonymous monk who wrote, you know, one chant or another chant, and then here you are, right, using modern means of technology to access right. and learn it. And in many ways, also preserving it too, because I want to shift a little bit to, you know, you mentioned that you are homeschooling your kids. So I imagine that mm -hmm. your know, music must be a big part of your life, but also their life as well. I would imagine that they will hear you maybe from time to time, like practicing or chanting, singing. So in many ways, just how that is preserved and how it lives on because who knows you might be inspiring you know your kids or they might bring the chant to school when it's safe to do so but I'm just so struck by how it continues to flow right and you know to your point about God being outside of space and time he's always present and we really are these carriers of tradition and being able to share that with others yes you really said that so beautifully I love that and um yes absolutely I I love teaching my kids all about music. And I actually started teaching 
my oldest a couple years ago when he was four he learned how to chant the paternoster or the our father what? in latin and i thought okay if a four-year-old can wow. do it like everybody else could too and, and we just like it was over the course of like sure. a year you know we would just start with just the first little phrase right. And I just sing it a few times and he just really enjoyed that. And the same thing with hymns, they pick it up so quickly. And, you know, sometimes I'll sing them a couple of hymns before they go to Aww. sleep or different things like that. Cause I just want them to grow up with that mm -hmm. and just have those memories. It was actually really funny when I got my CDs, mm -hmm. I got them printed and got them in the mail from the company. Mm -hmm my kids thought it was hilarious because there was this CD with my face on it and they're like, but, but that's mommy, you know? And so I said, okay, we can listen to the CD. So we put it in the CD player and they both just started laughing. They thought it was so funny that my voice was coming through the speakers and they just wanted to sit with their ear right next to the speaker. Aww. And so it was so cute. But then it was the thing that was really sweet was the second track on my album is Holy, Holy, Holy. Mm -hmm. And when that started, my four-year-old started singing along with it. And I thought, oh, I didn't even know that he knew the words. Oh. And I was just, oh, it kind of brought tears to my eyes just hearing this little voice singing along with it. So that's actually one of my big, big hopes with this album that, you know, people will listen to family and, mm -hmm. and kids can learn it and adults too, because... I think that there's probably a lot of people out there who haven't heard all the hymns on the album. So hopefully people can learn them as a family. I think that'd be great. Mm -hmm. well, that is so precious. And I feel a challenge coming on too. I mean, I think many kids at that young of an age, they probably are just learning the words, but then to be able to chant it in Latin, I'm presuming, uh, I'm just like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I in my mid to late 20s should probably get on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I guess it's like, maybe because they don't have like any preconceived notions like, oh, this is a foreign language. You know, I'm just like, oh, well, right. it's the Our Father, but it's in Latin. So the words sound different. And I'll just tell you how to pronounce them. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Wow. So I think <laughs> uh, it's almost harder to learn as an adult. You know, just like how I was talking about how chant has different notation. I think people look at that and they say, wait, this doesn't look like other music. What am I supposed to do? You know, but if that's the first thing you learn, it's just no big deal. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And when it comes to these sacred hymns and these chants, all of these songs, your big hope is that families will listen together. What does it mean for you to be able to pass that on to other people, uh, you know, using your gifts, using what you've learned, and then sharing that with community. And, you know, here I am in Canada, <laughs> able to talk to you about this, and ultimately the world. Right, that's been such an amazing thing. And I, I'm so thankful for technology that we have today that I can just easily share it with people all mm -hmm. over, you know, just almost instantly, you can share something with someone across the world. And so it's been really cool to just see what other people have said about my music and just, it's interesting to me, I'm thinking about like messages and emails I've got about it and how, you know, mm -hmm. a total stranger will send me this big long paragraph, you know, kind of like bearing their soul to me about like, I've been going through all this terrible stuff. I'm having such a hard time in my life. And I heard this music and it helped me so much. And I think that's amazing because this, 
type of music has helped me so much through hard times in my life. And I'm like, well, that's really awesome for me to be able to give back to them and help them through hard times as well. And so that's the most meaningful thing for me is if I can just help somebody else, even just in a very small way, just help their day get better. If they just hear a song and it helps their day get better, but hopefully in a deeper way, it will cause them to grow in their faith and get closer to God and have more hope in their life and hopefully continue on that journey to holiness. And I think that's just why I love sacred music so much. It has such deep meaning to me. And um, it's why I wanted to use hymns for my first album, just because I think they're such a great way to learn the faith so much more than just like reading a book or something, because you might read a book about the catechism or whatever, but it doesn't really stick with you the way that a song does. And that, you know, you get that tune in Mm -hmm. your head. And it was funny because I would be recording different hymns and I'd kind of get it stuck in my head and I would think oh wow that is what we believe that does make sense like what a great way of saying that in such a beautiful poetic way and so Mm -hmm. I think that probably that's how it was used to catechize people where centuries ago most people didn't know how to read and so they probably learned through music that was probably the main way people learned their faith really That's so well said. And I mean, like, I'm just grateful that you're able to continue that on and using modern means of technology to share that even further out. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And and just as we close here, I would love to hear your reflection on, you know, just through music and through raising your children and being able to really bring together the two, you know, music and family, just how you've seen your feminine genius flourish and develop through that? Sure. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And, you know, I felt like I didn't really fully understand myself until I became a wife and a mom. And I think that was just because that's my vocation. And um, I always just kind of felt like part of me was missing (laughs) before I had them. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think in a way, it just kind of made everything kind of come full circle, because you know, just kind of the same way that I care for my kids and I, you know, I want them to learn this music. I care for other people too. And so it's just, it's kind of brought out that more like empathetic side of me um, mm-hmm. trying to, to help others. And that's, that's really my main goal here is just trying to help others through music. But I think that um, just motherhood has really made a big difference for me in that. And I, I don't know, I just think that there's a lot just in our secular society that kind of almost encourages women to give up what makes them feminine and what makes them unique. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, I'm the opposite. I'm a stay at home homeschooling mom. So it's, I'm I'm the opposite of what society is telling us to do, right. But I think that's been so important to me, because in Mm -hmm following my vocation and just doing my best to focus on my family's needs and everything. I think God's been able to speak to me and bring out this career as being a recording artist. And so I think if I was to give someone advice, I'd say just focus first on like the number one priority you think God wants you to do. And then from there, he'll help you and he'll He'll guide you in what you need to do in this life. Right. He's got it all under control. He'll take care of it, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, such 
wise advice. So I appreciate that. I feel like that spoke to me as well as I'm sure all of the listeners who are listening. But Whitney, again, thank you so, so much for being here. You're welcome. You know, for sharing your music with the world. And uh, would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? Absolutely. Thanks, Rachel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together today to record this podcast. Please bless Rachel and everything that she is doing to bring your word to the world. Please bless everyone who has listened to this podcast. Please help them to listen to what you want them to hear. Help them to be guided in what you want them to do in their lives. And please help us to just help everyone that we come across today. Let us be Christ to them. And please just help us to all get to heaven someday. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciated it. And it was so much fun to meet you. Thank you to Whitney Maslach for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast. You can learn more about and listen to Whitney's music by checking out her website, WhitneyMaslach.com. And you can also find her on Instagram at Whitney Maslach Music. I've also included a link to her YouTube channel in the episode description. There you'll be able to listen to her album, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, and stay up to date with all future releases. You can listen to the Feminine Genius Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. And you can follow us on social media at FemGeniusPod. All of this information and the show notes can be found on our home on the web, FemineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless you always.